Hi, and welcome to Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. And I want to learn. What would you like to learn about today, Ian? I would love to learn about earthquakes and earthquake survival as as a current resident of Los Angeles. Uh, earthquakes, that's what we call it out here, Los Angeles. Yes, right. <laughs> I think it's essential as someone who lives in Los Angeles to know how to survive an earthquake. And my wife is very up on a lot of this. However, this was also her suggestion because I think she just – she maybe like listened to a podcast one time about surviving – like it was like, but it was like a first person one. So you're like, you're sitting in a in a bar, and all of a sudden oh everything God. starts shaking. And it was just like, why are you making me listen to this? Yeah, I would turn off this. I would but she grew up in right California, away. so she has experienced earthquakes all her life. I remember the first earthquake I experienced. I was like, what is happening? This is awesome because everything was shaking. <laughs> it was like, is this an earthquake? It's like horrible disasters that have killed thousands of people. This is awesome. <laughs> Well, you know, it wasn't that bad of an earthquake. Right. But, uh, right. and I think because I didn't grow up in LA, you know, around earthquakes, the only earthquake, what, in Maryland happened after I moved out here, the one that hit DC, mm-hmm. which was what, like 2008, 2009? Anyway, I didn't grow up around earthquakes, so they don't really scare me, even though they probably should. We have a go bag. We do have a go bag. That said, mm. you know, it would probably be helpful for me to know more than have a go bag and stay away from the windows. Right, right. When you said that to me, it bothered me because I'm like, you know, you live out there, but you should probably already know how to survive an earthquake. True. I don't live out there. I live in New York. The chances of me having to know what to do in an earthquake are nearly zero. But I'm like, you should already know this. I should not have to explain this to well, you. Well, this is why Ian has to learn. I mean, I guess I, Patrick could have learned and I could have researched. and Or I could have just really opted to have a, a sit down conversation with my wife. But who does that? Right. Well, we'll go through it. I do want to say one thing real quick. So we did have a, a couple things we wanted to talk about, but I wanted to say one thing I just remembered really quick. Sure. I got my kid a globe because I thought it would be fun to like, you know, spin it because we would talk about like different places around the world and blah, blah, yeah. blah. So I got him a globe and more recently he was like, he didn't really give a shit about it for a while, but more recently he's like looking at it. I feel like he's getting it. You know how they make like leaps? Uh-huh. Uh, it seems like at a certain yeah. point it's like, oh, he's like going through something because his brain is like going right. right so he's like going through things so he was much more interested in the globe he wanted to learn about countries blah, blah. great which is why i got it and i'm sitting there and he's like what's this place and i'm saying oh it's this place you know what's this place i'll say and he's like are there thieves there and i was like uh i mean there's thieves everywhere <laughs> i mean i don't know if there's any particular more in this place or any other and, he, you know, he just kind of accepted that. And then later he would spend, and then he would point to different places and he asked me again. And I'm like, I, you know, I don't know. There's thieves and uh, thieves can be any place. I was like, what? Why is this? And so my wife tells me that his grandpa, who is Italian, who thought about visiting Italy. And he was like, but there's so many thieves there and said this in earshot of this child. And my wife is like, he gets this from grandpa who said there's too many thieves in Italy. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks, grandpa. Thanks for <laughs> thanks for instilling this. Like, yes, at least he's Italian and he didn't say it about some other place, in which case it would be way worse if he was like, this place has a lot right. of thieves. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, that's, you know, that's what I need him saying at daycare or school or whatever. Right. 
If he says it about Italians, I don't care because nobody cares about Italians. But <laughs> you've you've made this perfectly clear in the past. <laughs> yes, it's <laughs> like what? great. Now, <laughs> anytime we talk about another country, if they talk about another country at school, is he going to be like, are there thieves there? Because my dad says there's thieves at this place, and I'm like, oh Jesus Christ, who knows what he's going to bring? So that was annoying. To be fair to your father-in-law, it is for the best that he said thieves <laughs> and not gypsies. Right. <laughs> that would have gone a lot worse. Trust me. The only reason I'm even bringing this up is because this is, A, he's Italian, so he's at least a little better that he's going to make this commentary. And B, it's he said thieves instead of any other horrible thing that he could have possibly said. Um, and I say this, I don't think he listens, but if he ever does, he's the best person, nice person. He's not a terrible person. And it's just some of those things where he says something and then a kid just runs with it. And it's like, oh, now I have to explain to him why there aren't thieves in Kazakhstan, because it's just a country he pointed to. So, <laughs> yes. Well, it's best to be prepared for thieves everywhere. Yes, that's probably true. Yeah. The other thing, we had a couple of these that we want to talk about. So we talked about a few things in the last episode about getting off the grid. And one of the things I mentioned was the geofence warrants, mm -hmm. which is where law enforcement can ask google if there's anybody who is in a particular area uh, at a certain point in time and then if they were they can then say okay well tell us everything they searched for etc cetera, etc cetera. right very broad warrants i think i quoted in the episode something like 2020 or 2021 there was about 11,000 uh, uses of these geofence warrants it had gone up a lot it went up just significantly each year yeah so there's an article from politico that came out which i tweeted on our account it says that 10 states where abortion is now illegal so we we mentioned in the episode i was like this is kind of an issue now because states are passing laws where abortion is illegal saying you also cannot go to another state and get an abortion that that is also illegal right 10 states where abortion is now illegal have sent google more than 5700 geofence requests for location tracking data since 2018 so there's a growing concern about police or prosecutors using this to target people for abortion i was like oh we just talked about this we did so, we're, we've been consistently ahead of the curve since day one yeah. i mean admittedly we were like on we the were curve. this came out like the day after like the, i was like oh shit this is boom on brand that's what we do i mean if if people yeah. realize when we recorded last year <laughs> Before releasing the episodes a year later, we were yes. on point. The other little article that I noticed in regards to what we talked about getting off the grid, uh, the headline of the article is this. Amazon admits Ring gives cops footage without customers' knowledge or consent, but right. only for emergencies. Right. Of course. But what constitutes an emergency? Right. And it's the same thing with, we talked about this where Google was like, well, we don't just freely give it away. Like your information, right? Like we we carefully vet, and it's like we were just like, well, what's the incentive for them to give a shit, right? Yeah, I'm sure Amazon gets a request from law enforcement. They're like, yep, here you go. Here's <laughs> here's everything that Ian's ring has seen in the past week, or you know, yeah. eight years, or however long it fucking keeps that shit. This says uh, responding to an inquiry from Senator Ed Markey. Democrat of Massachusetts, Amazon said in a letter dated July 1st that it had handed over private recordings to police 11 times in 2022. The company said it was complying with a, quote, emergency request. In each instance, Ring made a good faith determination that there was an imminent danger of death or serious physical injury to a person requiring disclosure of information without delay, the company said. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, okay, 11 times, and if right. it's an, truly an instance of imminent threat then it's like, okay, that's probably fine. But you know that eventually it's just going to be opened up and it's going to be whatever the fuck they feel like. 
Yeah. But I sound like a goddamn libertarian now. Amazon would not commit to never using voice recognition tech and would also not commit to stopping the practice of automatically recording audio when it takes video footage. Ring, for its part, said it doesn't just hand over data haphazardly. Anyway, yeah. I, I don't trust a, a lick of them. Nope. Not a lick. Any of them. Go live in a cave in Idaho. Yep. There you go. Till they evict yep. you. Yep. So. Yeah. You want to survive an earthquake? I would like to, yes. If I'm not, <laughs> if I'm in a building, you know, if I'm in a field, I feel like I'm just going to ride it out, have a good time. Yes, you should do that. Yeah. All right, let's get started. So okay. sources, FEMA, CDC, U.S. Geological Survey, National Geographic, Christian Science Monitor, Chicago Tribune, and Associated Press. Do you know what causes earthquakes? I want to start off with that. Yeah, it's a uh, tectonic plates shifting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what a tectonic plate is? Yeah, it's, it's you know, it's the mantle or the, you know, it's it's under... <laughs> underground that's you know what we all sit on <laughs> yeah they yeah. are massive irregularly shaped slabs of solid rock they float on the mantle on the that level it. of the earth yeah they're on the, the outside that. part yeah they have friction as they bump it against each other and when they slip or overcome the friction friction they release the energy and that's when that happens i wanted to do that just as a as a basis because i wasn't sure i kind of yeah, wanted no, to hear it. what you had to say <laughs> just what would come out <laughs> but that's what causes earthquakes so before an earthquake happens, you should have an emergency plan, like make a communications plan that has someone you can contact that lives elsewhere, like in another state. You should also have a supply kit, which you mentioned. A go bag. Yeah. Includes food and water for several days. That's kind of a lot. A flashlight, a fire extinguisher, also a lot in a bag and a whistle. Uh, so it's a lot of shit you got to have. I should put a picture of our go bag on our Instagram because I have sure. a, I was given from one of my old roommates. A promotional, when they remade it, a promotional point break backpack. Oh, my God. I mean, it's specifically like an outdoor backpack. But anyway, it's it's bright orange. It hangs uh -huh. in our closet. And then I just, like, throw shit in there as, you know, like, ah, oh, we got some batteries. Throw them in there. Oh, I got a, a solar charger. Throw that in there and throw a cord in there. And then, like, I, you know, I don't think there's food or water in there. But, uh, you know, we got cords and batteries. You should put some non-perishable stuff yes. and some yes, like, bottle of water. That would probably be a good idea. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, that's not. You, so you clearly don't have all the things you need for this kit. I don't. I have a few of them. I have a first aid kit in there. That counts. It did suggest that it might be sometimes expensive to get, like, everything all at once. There was, like, kind of get right. stuff over time. I'm sure right. you don't have a fire extinguisher in there. but hopefully You, you know what? I can somewhere. put our expired one in the kitchen in the go bag. <laughs> Sure. The second prep thing is that you should secure heavy items in your house, like bookcases, refrigerators, water heaters, TVs, anything that hangs on walls. Yeah, a lot of that stuff doesn't look secure. Is that secured against the wall? It doesn't look like that. It. I no, see a definitely back not. There. Yeah, no. and it's like glass. That you're just yeah, 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 yeah it's yeah, just yeah, a no. horrible thing to have. No, no, no. I'm uh, sitting at the best table to hide under in our apartment. Okay. However, yeah. this table is right next to a massive window. Right. So it's like we'd hide under the table and then shards of glass would just... Yeah. Yeah. So maybe not... Well, I guess you'll have to make a decision. You should have a plan. That's part of this whole thing, right? We Let's have a meetup plan, hide. like a location. Okay. So that's good. Sure. I think it involves all that, but... Oh, right. Like getting out of the apartment and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, like yeah, what yeah. you do and then where you go, right? you know, what you do depending on where you are, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, you should store heavy or breakable things low or on low shelves. Uh, make sure your building is structurally sound. Obviously, you don't own your building, so you can't really... Uh... Ours is, and right now, I don't know what the time limit on it is, but all buildings in LA like need to be retrofitted if they were. Right. I think I if they're so, yeah. Yeah, built before a certain year, they're getting retrofitted, and I believe ours is safe, at least enough. But if not, you should fix those uh, structural issues before 
I'll get oh, on okay, it. But that, yeah, before an earthquake happens. And then during the earthquake, if you're in a car, pull over and stop away from utility poles, overhead wires, and overhead passes, overpasses, underpasses, etc. Uh, set your parking brake. Turn on the radio for emergency broadcast information. If a power line falls on your car, stay inside until a trained person removes the wire. Hmm. Set your parking brake? Yeah, you don't want it rolling around. Well, I mean, can't you just put your foot on the brake? Don't you want to always be ready to go if you need to go? Well, I think you can get out of the car as long oh, as you're okay. not near a utility pole, overhead wire, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know for sure on that. Maybe you should stay in the car. It did say stay in the car if a wire falls on it. but Sure. That makes sense. Um, but it just said pull over and stop. So maybe you could just stay in your car. Yeah. I think the parking brake is a good idea, though. It's like extra. Sure. But what if you're what sitting if you in the car? What if you get shaken a bunch and your foot gets thrown off the pedal? <laughs> Make sure the parking brake is on. <laughs> we'll just be, be in park and you're okay. I sure. mean, anyway. If you're in bed, turn your face down and cover your head and neck with the pillow. Stay in bed. Okay. You're actually fairly okay in a bed as long as you cover your head. If you're outdoors, stay outdoors and away from buildings. But if you're inside, it does not suggest that you go outside. It says to stay, do not run outside, and avoid doorways. So this was a fun thing because I had, I had always heard that you stand in a doorway, but maybe that's for tornadoes. No, I think they used to say I think they used to say it for earthquakes. It was like get under a doorway or like a heavy table, and I think now they're like, no, don't don't the doorway's not really a correct. So you you're dead on. So you know more about this than you thought. I, what do I need to even teach you? I I guess nothing. I remember when I Except worked at a hotel, they were like, don't run outside if in an earthquake because falling glass could kill you. Yeah, well, or just any part of the building flying. Oh off. yeah, I guess yeah. that could also happen too. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm but fast you're right. enough, not... I think. do not stand in a doorway you are safer under a table it said that in modern houses doorways are no longer really any stronger than any other part of the house Uh, interesting so doorway i guess it's not like this victorian home with a (laughs) sturdy doorway yeah Uh, but doorways don't really protect you from the most likely source of injury which is falling or flying objects Ah. so it's best to be under a table or something like that i guess everybody i mean i think it's also the way that doorways are built because they always add a little extra like framing on a doorway, so it looks sturdier, right? But it's not right. actually sturdier. I guess in modern houses, it's typically not. So most earthquake-related injuries and deaths are caused by flying or falling objects, such as TVs, lamps, glass, or bookcases, or by being knocked to the ground by something. You are less likely to be injured if you just generally stay where you are, hmm. if possible, within a few seconds before the shaking like kind of gets bad. Quickly move away from glass, hanging objects, bookcases, china cabinets or other large furniture that could fall, and watch for falling objects such as bricks from fireplaces, chimneys, light fixtures, wall hangings, high shelves, and cabinet doors that could swing open. Hmm. I will say we have on our in our kitchen, on our cabinet, you know, where we put like cups and plates and stuff, we have like child safety locks on them. Mm. People are like, wait, I don't think your kid can reach this. We're like, no, 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 she can. But if, if everything starts shaking, they won't fall right. out of the... Yeah, yeah, good job. You guys are pretty my- prepped. It's all my wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it were me, there'd be no prep at all. Yeah, <laughs> you would be dead. I'd be like, let's ride this next one out. Magnitude Woo, four earthquake, just everything would fall on Ian. Um, <laughs> if you're in the kitchen, quickly turn off the stove and mm. take cover at the first sign of shaking. There's a whole lot of issues with danger of like a gas line or ah. uh, gas being on or electricity being on with like wires and stuff. Just yeah, turn it off. So when it first happens, generally you want to drop to your knees and hands and hold on to something sturdy. If you're in a wheelchair, make sure the wheels are locked. <laughs> I thought that was fun to include. I don't know. 
So you, uh, when you're down like that, you cover your head and neck with your arms. If a sturdy mm-hmm. desk or table are nearby, you get under it, which we covered. You can also grab something to shield your head from falling debris or glass if available. So if mm-hmm. you have, I don't know, say a riot shield, uh, you can hold that over your... I don't know what you would have. That would be like a big thing you could hold over your head. I mean, you can't use like an umbrella, like a cartoon. Like, I don't know what, what people could might use, have. Like a, a chair? I feel like a chair is big and kind of heavy. Kinda awkward. And then, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. What? What? Maybe I just like rip a door off a cabinet and put that over me. <laughs> maybe, maybe that mm-hmm. would work. If there's no shelter, crawl next to in an interior wall away from windows, which you said. Mm-hmm. You crawl only if you can reach better cover without going through an area with more debris. So you kind of want to stay put, stay on your knees, or bent over to protect vital organs. Makes sense. And finally, hold on. So if you're under a table or desk, hold on with one hand to be ready to move with it if it moves. So if if you're under it and it starts moving, stay with it. If you're seated and unable to drop to the floor, bend forward, cover your head with your arms, and hold onto your neck with both hands. Okay. So that's so the same training as how to survive a plane crash. There. Uh, yeah, I guess for part of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, probably more likely to survive an earthquake. Yeah. But uh, survival rates very high for airplanes, as we found out. Yeah. So that's before and during. Do you have any questions so far? For and during, no, because I think. Yeah, I will say I've I for months I have been thinking that I need to because Jillian brought this up. I need to have a pair of shoes by the bed mm. because if there's glass, you can put like just have like shoes under the bed and like literally at least once a week I'll go to bed and be like, I should just grab a pair of shoes out of the closet and put them here. I'll do it right. tomorrow. Right, there's right. gonna be an earthquake and I'm not. You don't want to have like McClain a diehard. Yeah, a diehard situation. Mm-hmm. I was about to say. Yeah, okay, so that, that is before and during. After is like. The worst, right? So after, yeah. Yeah. There could be serious hazards, such as building debris, leaking gas or water lines, or downed power lines. One of the things that was funny, it says that you should wash your hands and use sanitizer if you've touched surfaces, because I guess there's like a lot of debris. <laughs> you could touch something potentially dangerous. Uh, be ready for aftershocks and repeat the same stuff before uh, okay. if, if there's an actual aftershock. If you're in a damaged building, you can then go outside and quickly move away from the building. Do not enter damaged buildings. I thought that was helpful. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. <laughs> I don't know why you would do that, but well, here's a question. Tells you not to do that. Sure. And I don't know if you have an answer to this. So earthquake just happens. Aftershock hasn't hit yet. You're like, man, I should get out of this building. But like, how do you know when and where? Stuff could still be falling off, right? Like, don't you need to? You just use your speed. You know, I think I would stay put, and I'm not an expert here. But obviously, if there's the threat of an aftershock, an aftershock can be quite significant as well. Right. You know, then you run the risk of the same problem as before, where you run outside, something falls off the building because of an aftershock, and then you die. So, I mean, I feel like, because it says if you're in a damaged building, go outside and move quickly. So if you know, like, okay, this building is coming down, right. you I guess probably get out. But if you're not sure, I think I'd probably still stay in place under the desk or table mm-hmm. or whatever. If the if the so if the building if from your vantage point, be it under a bed or wherever, mm-hmm. the building feels secure, hang out. But if you're like this building's coming down, get out. Right. Well, let's say you're in in a room and you can see like the other half of the room has collapsed. Right. right? Like the building has been bombed. Then you should probably get out because who knows if it'll stand. Right. But if it's all if all four walls are still intact, I, I mean, you know, you could probably stay. But what if the ceiling's missing? All four walls, no ceiling. That's I joke. feel like it's you're probably going to be okay then, right? Cause That's true. I guess nothing's going to fall on you. Yeah. Although if my ceiling's missing, that means there are two apartments worth of people on top of me. So 
that would be. Yeah, but bad. they're gone now. I assume you're yeah. looking at the sky. Yeah, well, I think I might just be dead at that point. <laughs> or they were abducted. No, I don't you know. were because you were under a desk. You've been. I was protected. under. Maybe I'm looking at my neighbors. They're just laying on the ground. You know, like, yeah. oh, hey guys, yeah. come on well, under the, uh, the table. You can't really talk to them. They're probably dead. Now I'm. Sh- <laughs> that's true. I'm sure this says this in there, but you let me know if there's an earthquake and you're in a tall building. Take the fastest elevator, right? Uh, no, I don't know if I have that listed here, but you do not take elevators. That is <laughs> I think one that's thing just common sense. Did say. Yes, <laughs> if you are trapped and can't reach your phone, bang on a pipe or a wall. Huh. Uh, any metal surfaces are generally better because the sound will carry. Right. Cover your mouth with your shirt for protection, and instead of shouting, use that uh, whistle you're supposed to have in your bag. Okay. If you have a phone, texts may be more reliable than calls. Okay. In a, in a disaster like that. So if you're in an area that may experience tsunamis, you should go inland or to higher ground immediately after the shaking stops. Like how far inland does your, what what, what constitutes a tsunami? Do you know height wise? This is not how to survive a tsunami, so I didn't go into it, but. <laughs> I'm just wondering how, I feel far, like how far inland if, a tsunami can go. I mean, I've seen videos. I feel like if if there's a genuine risk of a tsunami, you just need to keep moving inland as much as possible until you know you are safe. Because that shit can go far. And I guess, obviously, it would depend on the size of the quake, too. But avoid contact with floodwaters because they can contain chemicals, sewage, and debris. Makes sense. Uh, Very dangerous. Help other people that might be hurt if you're trained to do so. Once you're safe, pay attention to local news reports for emergency information and instructions via battery-operated radio. You had those batteries in the bag. Hopefully they still I do. work. I do. Battery operated TV, social media, uh, or cell phone text alerts. There's a website, which I was not familiar with, called Safe and Well. It's from the American Red Cross. It's huh. to let people know you're okay in any of these types oh, of disasters. Like you just go put your name on it or whatever. And Yep. So I guess huh. if your phone is still working, you can go to this Safe and Well website from the American Red Cross. It's kind of a general place to put where you're okay in a huh. disaster. So someone can easily find out. I never knew that. So if a disaster happened and I needed to make sure my wife was okay, I would not have known that site existed. So I thought it would be fun to share that with everyone. That is a good one to share. Safeandwell.com. It just said in quotes, safe and well website with the American Red Cross. So I guess I would just Google it. I I just did. It is So you just go to the redcross.org and I'm assuming on their website is a safe and well page. Right. Are you going to put in that you're safe and well? Is that what's happening? No, no. <laughs> from from what? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, did they set up a specific thing where like, oh, it's a disaster. Like if you try to put in I'm safe and well, and they're like, well, there's no disaster going on in California. This guy's fucking with us. <laughs> like they, they can't know every single type of disaster that might need. I don't know. Yeah, maybe I, I didn't. I haven't I haven't I've not gone into it uh, too far, but, you know, hopefully we probably shouldn't fuck with them about that. I, I don't intend to. No. Yeah. Be careful when you clean up after a disaster. Wear protective clothing, including a long sleeve shirt, long pants, work gloves and sturdy, thick soled shoes. Do not try to remove heavy debris by yourself. Wear a mask. No mask. Use an appropriate mask if cleaning mold or other debris. Now, I know okay. masks are fake and you don't need to do that, but uh, you should do that. You should not breathe in mold. People with asthma and other lung conditions and or immune suppression should not enter buildings with indoor water leaks or mold growth that can be seen or smelled. That makes sense. Another helpful tip from our government. Children should not take part in disaster cleanup work. (laughs) (laughs) 
You mean I shouldn't let my toddler do some significant disaster cleanup? No, you should not. I know it's tempting to be like, look, you have to pitch in and clean up like the rest of us. (laughs) So put on your gloves and long sleeve shirt. Move that down power line. We don't have any masks because that's all fake. We don't believe in any of that. We burned ours to make a statement. Okay. All right. Good to know. Don't let my kid. Thank you, U.S. government. On the ball as usual. (laughs) Yes. So that's basically how to survive. Obviously, there's not a whole lot to that. Is there a how to thrive? (laughs) No, you don't thrive. No? Okay. Uh, You're just homeless now, if that happens. (laughs) Um, So I was like, okay, well, is there some other angle I can get at with this? There's some famed California earthquakes, if you wanted to know, learn about some famous. You may may already know some. I know at least, because you hear about a lot of the big ones. was, Was it the Riverside? In like 90, there was the one that went, they were playing the World Series, I think. I have three examples. I didn't okay. go. There are obviously yeah. many because <laughs> it's California. Yeah. yeah, there's quite a few. So I took I took three because they were uh, pretty significant. So there's the okay. Great Quake of April 18th, 1906 in San Francisco. Okay. That was magnitude 7.8. It was felt from South Oregon to Southern California and inland to Central Nevada. Damn. Uh, number of deaths was initially estimated in the hundreds, but it's been like updated to probably more around 3,000 at least. Okay. Remains one of the most significant earthquakes in U.S. history, and scientists still study it as an example of seismic cycles in the Bay Area. Interesting. Okay. Happened in 1906, so it's quite a yeah, quite a case study. Apparently, we're due for one. We're due for like the big one. Everybody. Talks oh man, about wouldn't it be great one. if one happened while we were recording oh, this? Oh my. <laughs> how, how on brand would that be? Or no, that's what'll happen when you release this episode, and one's gonna happen, and, and we'll and, be like, "Oh, look how on brand we were," and we'll know how many people listen to our show because there will be four survivors. <laughs> yes, no, because they don't all live in California, that's so it'll true. Be like one survivor. That's true. If you listen to, <laughs> yeah, another earthquake that's been compared to that one is at Fort Tejon, Tejon, T E J O N, Tejon, I think. Tejon. Okay, January 9, eighteen fifty-seven. It was magnitude seven point nine. It actually had larger ground movements than the Great Quake. Horizontal displacement along the fault was as much as 30 feet. So uh, that's quite a lot of movement. There was another one in Owens Valley in March 26, 1872, magnitude 7.4. At the fault, ground moved horizontally as much as 23 feet and vertically an average of 3 feet. So that is quite a bit of bouncing around in that earthquake. Yeah, that definitely Uh, is. So then I was like, okay... Do you know what magnitude is? What that means? I assume it just... It, I mean, you know, how, how shaky everything is? I don't know. <laughs> so that was like... I was like, okay, well, I don't even know how to describe that, right? I guess I should probably tell you. Do you want to learn what magnitude is? I'd love to learn. That's what I'm here for. I'm literally... The show is What a motivated student. What a motivated student. <laughs> a number that... Ca- <laughs> It is a number that characterizes the relative size of an earthquake. Magnitude is based on measurement of the maximum motion recorded by a seismograph. That's ah. the thing that measures earthquakes. Right. Um, <laughs> magnitude is expressed, is expressed in whole numbers and decimal fractions. For example, magnitude 5.3 is moderate. 6.3 is strong. Because of the log- logarithmic basis of the scale, each whole number increase in magnitude represents a tenfold increase in measured amplitude. Damn. Amplitude is the size of the wiggles in an earthquake recording. That's literally what the source said. Size of the wiggles. <laughs> yeah, each whole number increase represents tenfold increase in amplitude, like a tenfold increase in the shake. That's like a big difference. 
Yeah. Uh, I did not know that. So that was that was like, oh, that's very helpful. Something new, you know, every day. So that's what magnitude means when they talk about that. I think if people really want to know how to survive a massive earthquake, a 10. Is that the highest? I should have looked that up. I, I believe 10 is the highest, is. yeah. Or at okay. least the highest known. Sure. And I think if there were a 10, it would like. Well, it's like based it, on a scale, right? So I imagine yeah. that's the highest that. You know. Yeah, I think 10 would just, like, detach California from the... Right, you know, right. Yeah. Probably for the Watch best. the film San Andreas, and then you'll know <laughs> no. how to just save your family. So... Sure. Magnitude. I don't, I don't remember where you were going with that, but... Neither do I. Making uh, a San Andreas joke. So that's most of what I had. Okay. The only thing I wanted to add was... So we did the story about, obviously, getting off the grid, and we've had other stories where, like, sometimes it's easier for you to think about it if I give you some actual real-life survival earthquake survival stories okay so there was a nepal earthquake in 2015 rishi Kanal spent 80 hours trapped in building wreckage jesus it took them 10 hours to get him out they chiseled through concrete that trapped him within the building and pulled him up through a hole before carrying him away on a stretcher he said i had some hope but yesterday i'd given up my nails went all white and my lips cracked I was sure no one was coming for me. I was certain I was going to die. All right. That's fun. And, you know, I was thinking about it and I always felt like drowning would be like one of the worst ways to go. Yeah. does seem pretty terrible. I think being crushed and like dying of like starvation or like being buried alive, basically. Yeah. I feel like that might be worse. Like you have more time to think about it. Well, yeah, like you got to sit there and suffer and like some of these like, you know, your leg is broken. So you're like in constant pain and you like are just trapped and then you just have to starve to death. It's like, oh, Jesus, that is the worst. I guess the bonus of drowning is once the water gets in there, it's pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't breathe that long, so you're going to go. And they say with fire, you die from the smoke inhalation, so that's not, Yeah, we covered that on the plane crash one. Yeah. So So for sure. Freezing to death seems fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. You just kind of go to sleep. I mean, I guess this one, if, if you were running out of oxygen, you would probably just start to like, oh, there you go. deteriorate. Like, yeah. But if you had enough oxygen to live and you just were just going to die of thirst and starvation, that would be yeah. uh, terrible. Not fun. Survival is often dependent on air supply, availability of water, and the extent of injuries. Mm-hmm. So one of the things about their survival kit, I, I, I didn't mention it, was is that whenever there's like a big disaster too, is it's helpful that if you can have things that you can take care of yourself, so that you don't add to like overwhelming load on hospitals. So it's like if you've already got first aid stuff, if you've already got water and you've already got food, you could take care of a lot of that stuff yourself and you don't right. need to then run to a hospital or shelter or whatever along with, you know, everybody else. So yeah. I definitely uh, have a first aid kit for sure. Yeah. So keep your keep your bag, your point break bag. Oh, I'm gonna. Hell yeah. It's like waterproof. That's the purpose. I mean, I don't know how waterproof it is, but it's right. supposed to be. For all that water by you. In Mexico, there was a quake back in 2017. Conrad Vasquez Martinez, he was 67 years old. He was on the roof of a four-floor building. Oh, boy. There was kind of a funny story. There was a branch of a tree that grew close to, like, a window, like a high-floor window in this building. Yeah. And he had joked with another employee. He was like, oh, like, before this, he was like, oh, if anything ever goes wrong, we could just jump out on that branch. Like, you know, it's, like, right outside the window. Yeah. So... When the earthquake happens, he was on the roof. He jumped to that branch and it broke. Oh, shit. <laughs> so he held on to it and he like he fell and he hit like a lower branch, but he 
fell on the sidewalk. He lived, yeah. by the way, so we can laugh at this because he's alive. <laughs> yeah. These are survival stories. We're not going to get morbid. Obviously, there's a lot of people that die in these. Let's right. do something fun. But he hit... Uh, <laughs> So he had, a, he had a lower branch. He fell on the sidewalk. He lived. He 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 broke a hip and a leg. Uh, he was sixty seven, so he might have done that yeah. anyway. Yeah. Um, a metal balcony grill like fell on him, and okay. it partially shielded him from the rubble that tumbled tumbled over him. Ah, okay. So the tree branch, which he was still holding, he was able to poke out debris to give him some air. And he called and whistled. Eventually, people found him and dug him out. And he said he did one thing when he was on the roof. He closed the valve on the gas tank that was up there. There you go. Because he was like, it was basically like a bomb. Yeah. If it was a big heating gas tank on the roof, you know, if it went off because of it would have like taken out the mm-hmm. neighborhood, basically. So, yeah. He also at one point. Saved a bunch of people. And the branch did, in fact, prove itself useful. Yeah. I didn't put this note here, but I remember in the article it said something like uh, he had a jug of water on the roof. And so the jug of water actually ended up falling next to him as well. And he was like, yeah, he was like, God is so great that he made sure I also had water. And I was like, I mean, I'm sure this is a dumb comment and it's very obvious, but I'm like, well, what about anybody who who didn't get the water? Did God just not want them to live? Nope. Just this guy. (laughs) So God is only like sort of great. Yeah. I don't know. So one quick other one in 1990, Pedrito die or D was rescued after 14 days. This was in the Philippines. He was trapped in the basement of a Hyatt Hotel resort that had collapsed in an earthquake. He survived on drips of rain and drinking his own urine. Oh, well, nobody's ever died from it, so. Have you ever drank your own urine? No, no, happily I I have not. Do you feel like you could if you were like trapped in in a collapsed Hyatt Hotel? If you needed to survive, you you could drink your own pee? If room service couldn't make it to me. I mean, if it's all I got, you know, although by the time you resort to drinking your own pee, it's not like the good clear pee. Right. It's it's the stinky it's, yellow pee. Yeah. It's, it's like the, the mostly waste pee. pee. Yeah. 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 That's going to be a tough getting one. what you can out of it. I don't yeah. know how many times you can drink your own pee. I should have looked this up. I feel I like there's I only heard a certain amount of times. No one has ever died from drinking their own pee because you can just sort of it'll get to a point where it's just there's no nutrients in it. So it's just. You're not drinking anything good, but at the same time, it has been, it's sterile. I believe urine is sterile. Yeah, but I, I thought that if you keep drinking it, eventually it'll basically like poison you. But I could be wrong on that. I mean, but I know, I know your it, like, body it, wouldn't do that to you. I know that it's not very useful. What you need to have is someone else down that you can drink their pee. Then you can get <laughs> more nutrients from their pee. What, what are they going to drink? Well, they'll drink your pee. <laughs> You're just switching back. I would rather <laughs> drink my pee. Uh, than than someone else's pee. I'm not... Oh, here we go. You can drink your you can drink urine one to three times before it becomes too concentrated. Mm-hmm. And then does it poison you or is it? Let's see. Is it just not helpful to you at that point? First time you drink it for survival, it might have a higher percentage of water in it. Next time, the urine color will be darker because it's highly concentrated with waste products. You are basically doomed to choose between dehydration and renal failure. There you go. Okay, renal failure, yeah. So if you can if you can afford to not drink your pee more than twice. I was just very glad to cap this show with a conversation about drinking your own urine. You know, That's what else is this show good it. for? Yeah. People were probably thinking, how many times can I drink my own urine before it's problematic? And and the answer is two to three. I feel like it's not really that hard. It's like, well, you're going to die, so right. just drink it. Like, Right. Did you watch uh, Better Call Saul? Yes. 
when he had There's the, the part, jugs of his yeah. own urine. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a whole part where he's like, whoa, and it was like a thing, like it's like horrible, and it's like, just drink the pee, you're gonna fucking die. Spoiler alert. Well, it still alert smells bad. The, you know, it's still hold your nose and just drink it. You ever drank anything disgusting in your life? Yeah, but I mean, pee. <laughs> You're still gonna gag a little bit, like peace stinks. Well, sure. Man. Okay. Well, I I would say I yeah, love how sure. cavalier you are about drinking your own urine, and and I encourage you to because do because so, you're but... going to die. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm, sure. I'm, I'm cavalier about anything if the alternative is just death. Right. But what if it's like okay, you're gonna die, but you have to like saw your foot off with a pen knife? You're just gonna happily go to sawing your ankle off. I mean, not happily, but I would start sawing. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're gonna start sawing. I'm just saying, like, you're still gonna. Pass out a few times. You're still going to gag if you have to drink. I would much piss. rather like, drink my own urine than saw well, my yeah, leg off with a pen knife. But. I think we all, I hope we all would. There's probably yeah. somebody out there who's like, no, nah, I'd rather chop up my own ankle. I mean, there are some people who like drinking pee, so maybe it's easier for them. Know. You know what? That is true. There's that, That's a whole water sports. You know what I mean? That's right, a whole thing. Right, that's right. a whole thing. Is that the only fun there, name? There's probably a, a golden, golden showers. Right. Well, I'm sure those people that do that who are listening because i'm sure we have some of those sure uh, they're probably thinking oh, i'll drink it it's no problem i do it I'll for be fun. fine in fact they'll probably be more prepared than the rest of us to drink it because they probably keep their pee their bodies at optimal pee drinking ability didn't you once in college interview an extreme elvis who drank his own pee i did okay didn't he drink it out of a shoe i believe he did wow you remember that interview better than i do <laughs> yeah i feel like this is important to let people know that this is what that, you did yeah, with your there was a guy career. out there named extreme elvis who used to drink his pee out of his shoe yeah i don't remember why he did this was this like a show he would do yeah yeah I yeah. Remember. i think he was just kind of like a it was like a shock show yeah it was a different time back then you know yeah Innocence. sure no one does that now no 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 No. now you do it on the internet yeah yeah you, you, he probably has an only fans you should look him up <laughs> if, if he's not dead <laughs> poor extreme from elvis. renal failure <laughs> He drank it out of the shoe too many times. And uh, Oh, God. All right. This has gone and, off the rails. Okay. Well, let me... I. You know what? I will say this. This is actually an earthquake-related tidbit about Los Angeles. Okay. I believe the year is, was 20... Oh, so I'm going to learn? You're going to learn. I want to say it was like 2013 or 2014 when this regulation changed. And I'm Patrick, and <laughs> I want to learn. So finish. Sorry. No, I, I, I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, up until that time, the building regulations in Los Angeles were every building over a certain height. So, like, if you look at our downtown L.A., we kind of had a boring skyline because every building had to have a flat top mm-hmm. for helicopters because of earthquakes. There had to be, like, a, an exit on the top and the bottom. So you couldn't have, like, a sloped thing. And then in 2013, 2014, because building codes had changed, because we've adapted – you can now have a pointy top on your building. So we now, our skyline is starting to develop a little bit more. Like we have the Korean Air Building. We have, um, you know, other buildings. Korean Air Buildings being the, is, is the most notable. But anyway, okay. little little fun fact about Los Angeles right there. A fun fact about building regulation. I'm sure people will love it. it you know, people were probably <laughs> like, boy, that, that L.A. skyline sure is boring. And now they're like, all of a sudden it got way more interesting. Now it's, it's not got, just the U.S. Bank building. Now it's got points on it. Now it's got points on it. Damn straight. Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, I hope you learned how to survive an earthquake. I did. I did learn. I learned I learned a little more than I knew. 
And know? much like with plane crash, we're like, oh, if I'm going to get on a plane, I should re-listen to that. Yeah. If you plan on being in an earthquake, you should re-listen to this so that you, you know what? remember what to do. If you're flying to L.A., you now have two episodes you should probably – if you're flying to the West Coast. Yeah, yeah. Two episodes true. worth listening to. Sure. You know, and then throw in Origins of Baseball for a little bit of light fun. Sure, yeah. Change up. Uh, oh, baseball joke. Change up. And <laughs> and I think you should download our podcast, too. So if you're trapped in the debris, yes. you can listen, oh, how do I survive this earthquake because I'm trapped? And it'll be like, oh, you should have this bag. And it's like, oh, I can't get to it. I'm trapped. <laughs> but at least you listen. can listen to us while you slowly starve to death. Listen to our podcast so you can you can hear all the things you should have done. Yes. <laughs> yes. This has been Ian Wants to Learn. I'm Patrick. And I'm Ian. And I learned. See you next time. Here in California. What accent was that? I have no idea. I don't know okay. what I was doing there. It was uh, Italian. Oh, so please. <laughs> please. <laughs> That's why they tune in. Yeah. <laughs>